So if you have your Bible, grab that Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to be. Um, just a couple of things before we, before we get there this morning. Um, when you leave this morning and go out of this place, when you walk out into the, the lobby to the, to the right, uh, there's a little prayer area there with a blanket on it. And so we have um, um, one of ours that's going to be having surgery this Wednesday. And so uh, we've got a group of ladies that gather uh, on Mondays, and, and they do some quilting and different things like that. And, and one of the cool things from that ministry is they want to do prayer blankets. And so uh, on that blanket, there's some sh- strands. I'm going to say the strands of string. String. Um, and, and so on there is just some ways that you can pray for this upcoming surgery and, and for that person. Miss um, Rhonda somewhere right there. She is. Um, so, she, so she's having surgery uh, Wednesday. So um, like I said, her name's right there on that and, and some of the things we're praying for. And so it, you can just tie a knot and pray, tie a knot and pray, tie a knot and pray. So just another way to kind of keep us connected and, and caring for one another and praying for one another. And um, just wanted to draw your attention uh, to that. Uh, and so, and if you'd be praying as well, uh, Wednesday, that, that would be amazing. We'd appreciate that so much. Um, and so we gather in this place to celebrate 16 years. <sighs> Man, God's faithfulness and goodness in six, for 16 years to show himself over and over and over again when there are so many churches in decline and dying. And for his faithfulness and goodness and his providence and his care just to be, to be poured, poured out over and over and over. Um, and, and I'm just blown away by the fact that he allows me to, to play a small part in that. that. That we've gathered here in this place, this building I believe now, probably about 12, 13 uh, years. And have done the very thing we're doing this morning, making much of the name of Jesus. Telling this world that we believe 16 years, we've had the privilege and honor to take the gospel to our community, to, to see our community to become what it's become now, and to know that we've been able to be a light in a dark place, uh, that, that we've been able to proclaim, and we've been able to share and, and walk alongside people for, for, uh, for all of those years. And, and I've had, I'm, I'm pushing my 10 year here, um, pushing five as, as the pastor, and uh, man, just, just blown away by God's goodness and faithfulness. Uh, think and to see all that he's accomplished and all that he has done. Uh, and I know last week I said, I mean, I've got some pretty big news. Like, 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 like this, is, this is church-altering type news. And so I guess, my, do, do we want it now or do we want it later? Yeah. See, I'm kind of like, I, I get it, I get it. I, and it, you know I'm not going to wait. Like, I, can't, I, mean, I don't even know why I asked the question. Like, like it's taken all I've had. We, we were praying before. I was praying with some leadership before. And I'm like, it's going to take all I have not to come running down through the middle, like shirt, like a woo! Let me, like, like, y'all, like... And my wife would not have approved. Now, she's not in here. She's in the nursery this morning. Um, so she wouldn't have known until y'all left and told her what kind of a fool I'd been. Um, but, uh, but, but the, oh, are you sure? Okay, okay, okay. Church-altering news is, is this. Next month, we will be debt-free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had gotten a gift months ago uh, and the challenge to match that gift. And then throughout the years of uh, trying to put aside and to save, and so anything that comes in over our, uh, our budgeted needs for that month, we just, we just um, transfer over into like, building upkeep, building debt type stuff. And 
um, with, with that gift of 30,000, and I think we matched about 32, well, we kind of overdid it, um, 32, 33 uh, with that, and then what we have in that, in that fund there, we will be able to write a check next month, um, which is only like in like four or five days, uh, and, and we will no longer have the debt of the mortgage hanging over us. Yeah, that check, I know Don's in here, that, that check will go for about 125, 130, somewhere in that ballpark is, is what we will be able to write, which will get us out of uh, a monthly payment of close to $10,000. Um, and, and so what that means is this, is that I mean, we can do even more ministry in our community. We can, even, we can reach even more people with the gospel. We can take care of our people and raise up I'm, I'm talking like ferocious disciples. Like, like we want you out there, out there telling people about Jesus, walking alongside this community and people. Uh, we we want to do everything we can here to equip you and to, and to help in that, aid in that. We believe that's what we're called to do. And so uh, we want to align ourselves in a way that we can, uh, we can leverage the best we can to be able to, uh, to help raise up and get more organized, get more structured, get more uh, people in place to be able to, to do the very things that the Scripture has called us to do and to be about, and to not have that, man, I cannot wait to see what God does this year. I, 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 uh, yeah. So, the, um, so we're going to be at the lake. Uh, if you admit, no, I'm joking. That's not it. Um, but it could be, but it's not. I'm um, sorry. Uh, so, I, I am, man, I'm just excited. And, and, and one of the things that we're doing this year, too, is just, we're going to read through the New Testament. But we, we put out last week just this reading plan. Um, some of our small groups are doing that. We're doing that as a church. And uh, we're just going to read through the New Testament. We'll take a break at Advent around the Christmas season. Uh, and then we'll jump back into it the first of the year. And we'll just walk through the New Testament up to the book of Revelation. And we'll push pause. The reason being, God's kind of working on my heart. Do I or don't I dive off into Revelation? Anyways, it, it's, it's looking like it will be. But... Um, so, so that's kind of the game plan. And, and we've done that strategically and on purpose. Why? Because uh, I mean, it's a rallying point for us. I mean, imagine a church all focused on one thing in one direction, reading through the scriptures together, the conversations we can have, the way that we can encourage each other. I just look at the book of Acts and this, this little phrase of uh, they had all things in common. And our commonality this morning is Jesus. And so for all of us to be in the Word together, man, husbands and wives can have, have conversation now heading in one direction because you've been reading the same thing. You've been talking about and thinking about the same thing. Uh, you can have conversation with anybody in this place, regardless of, of age, regardless of their background, regardless of, uh, of where they come from, regardless of how, how long they've been here, regard, because we're, we're all heading in the same direction in the Word together, knowing what we're reading, looking at what we're talking about, uh, those type of things. And so we just, we, we want to just, do everything we can to get us having gospel conversation and how much easier that will be doing this. And so the game plan for our sermon series up through all of this is we're just going to do like we're going to do this morning. We'll pray and we'll seek and we'll look at the scriptures and the readings and, and, and as we do that, we'll, we'll preach a sermon from what you've read this week. We'll look at some scriptures, maybe a bulk of scriptures, and, and we'll dive into. And so you'll have read them this week, and then we'll, we'll start to, to break them down and look at where God kind of leads us in that. So I'm excited to see what God will accomplish through that. And so just like this morning, if you, if you listen to a podcast this week, kind of as, as we put out, um, this morning uh, uh, I was going to be in John chapter 1, and, and, and let me tell you all, like it was going to be awesome. Like in the beginning was the Word, and it's going to be good, and the Word was with God. I don't know why I'm talking like that. I don't ever talk like that. And the word was God, and he was in the beginning. And I was going to follow that all the way through until we got to the point about, about where the word is revealed. And the word was flesh and dwelt among us. 
man, it's going to be good. And then God did that thing that, that he so often does, and he says, man, that, that would have been a great one, Scott, good job, but, but I got somewhere else I want you to go. And I'm like, what? but God, and, like, so, and, and I don't know how you talk to God, but like me, like, I kind of try to barter with him. I always lose because I have nothing to offer or bring to him. Um, and, and, and I, I have no, no way of, so anyway, so, so I lost and I just, I just, I just wanted to make sure that he knew what he was doing. Um, cause I felt pretty confident in what I was doing, which obviously, uh, was not the right thing. And so he, he, he changes that and he changed it in the oddest way though. He, he changed like the direction of this sermon in the oddest way. And as, as I was saying, I was recording this week, Jimmy's been putting out a podcast to kind of model and show. And so you can see that, um, on, on our social media uh, site, you can get that through, uh, in, on Spotify under, under, um, our new, our banner, new life there. And, um, and so we're recording this podcast for the Hear Method, and um, Jimmy's like, man, I'm, I'm going to set it up easy for us this morning, man. I said, what's that? He said, John 1. I'm like, yes, some of my favorite scripture. Let's do it. And, and like the podcast, I think it's supposed to be like, like 10 to 15 minutes just to show. I think we went like 30-something minutes. And that's because like there was one point he was like winking at me, and I'm like, oh, I love you too. He's like, no, 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 we've got we to gotta cut this thing. Like, we're pushing 40 minutes. I said, I know, isn't it awesome? He's like, no. It's, and so, um, yes, but no. And so, so we dial it back. We end it. And so, like I said, I, I love John chapter 1. But in there, like, like God kind of worked me. Like, we're doing it. And, and God just kind of pricked my heart ever so subtly. And, and I, I make mention of it, and I kind of talk about it, and I kind of go back to, to, the, to the apply part and kind of what that means for me. And he did so in the way of John the Baptist. He, he used that little story in a few verses in John chapter 1 about John the Baptist. And I didn't really think of it that much because I wasn't going to go that direction this morning, and I really didn't think of it that much until uh, later that evening we have a, a lady that's, that's walking by uh, out on the road, and she just stops, and she comes, comes here, right? Church, you would think a place of, of refuge and help, and, and so she, she comes here, and as she comes here, she knocks on the door, and we've, we've got our after-school ministry going, so we want to be very, very cautious, and we, we don't know the situation, what's happening, so we want to be cautious and careful, uh, and so long story short, we, we, we get a chair, and we set her outside in a shaded area with some drink and some snack and food and we checked on her and we sat with her and we talked to her and um, uh, tried to help her out and we got her phone she wanted she just wanted to make some calls and some things like that and so uh, so we got to do that and um, uh, I had to take off there were still people here uh, and I had to come back for a meeting that night but but I'm, I'm gone and and uh, when I pull in I, I, I saw that there was a chair sitting on the on, out in the front underneath our awning I'm like okay and then it hit me where that chair probably came from because it was the chair that we gave her to sit in. It's shaded on the side of the building, and so we kind of had her over here. Um, and then Tuesday it was there. Wednesday that chair was there. Thursday, Friday, I think it went away Friday. And the, we got a cleaning crew that comes in and takes care of, and, and I think it's because when I was here this morning it wasn't there. And I'm like, so I had to grab a chair and put it there. And then like people were bringing it in like, hey, we got this right. I'm like, no, 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 wait, ho. And they're like, like who's sitting out there? Those that get in trouble this morning in here. No, okay. <laughs> There's a new disciplinary system we're working on. We're just trying it out. So um, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm joking. But that chair, that chair was there. That chair was sitting there. And it was just, it was a reminder. It was a reminder for me on that front porch as it sat there. Just a reminder for me as I pulled in and it was just staring at me for the rest of the week how God so subtly said to me, hey, this is what new life needs to be about. 
This needs to be the heartbeat and driving force behind everything that we do. And it's this right here. A chair plus John the Baptist equals our purpose. A, 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 a random folding chair. John the Baptist in the Scripture, and this right here is going to dictate everything that we do. This is going to shape and mold all the more who we are and what we're to be about. And so I'm going to show you. Just hang with me for a few minutes. We'll get, we'll get back to the chair. Let's pray, and then we'll, we'll jump into Luke 1. Father, help us this morning hear what you have to say. Uh, Father, help us this morning to be shaped and molded by your word, be shaped and molded uh, by the Holy Spirit pressing upon us. Father, convict where there's conviction needed. Encourage where there's uh, encouragement needed. Father, I, I pray that if there be one here that doesn't know you, Father, that, that salvation would be found this morning in, in you and you alone. So, so God, do what you see fit in this place this morning for your glory, for your honor, for your great name. Thank you for 16 years. Thank you for the faithfulness of giving from the men and women who call this place home, who believe in the vision and mission of your church. Father, thank you so much as we walk into new areas of ministry, new abilities, no more debt. Father, help us be obedient. Help us reach this world with your gospel. And we pray, amen. Amen. So Luke 1.6, the very first point we're going to look at is this. God hears and responds. God, God hears and responds. So maybe you read, you read this this week, and uh, I mean, just God just kind of spoke through this. Now, we're going to get to John 1 here in a second, but this is going to kind of help lead us into how we get to John 1 and how we get to John the Baptist. And so uh, you have the priest Zechariah and his wife uh, Elizabeth. And, and verse 6 says this. It says, And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Uh, so this is telling the kind of people they are. It's telling about, about their heart, what they're like, who they are. Just, just a, a stout duo for God. I mean, this is just a stout couple that's devoted to the Lord, walking blamelessly in, in His Word, His commandments, His law, His statutes, uh, the things that they know of God. They're, they're devoted to that, serious about. Verse 7 says, But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. So, so not a good thing in this day, not a good thing in this culture, in this, in this time uh, uh, to not have, to be childless like that. In, in this culture, you were viewed as less, you were looked down upon, this, this, is, this is not a good thing, this is something that, that she would carry, that they would carry uh, in a very difficult way, it'd be very tough for them. Uh, some would even say because of that, God's judging her, judging them. That because she doesn't have a child, because she's barren, she's been unable to, uh, 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 to have kids, it's just God's judgment on her, to which my response is, that's ridiculous. That's not how God works. That's not, that's not God's heart at all. I, I think of that scripture of Jesus, and he's walking by, and there's, there's the man uh, blind, and, and they're like, well, who, who would sinned? Or, or, or is it the crippled man? Who, who sinned in this situation, him or his family? And Jesus is like, neither. This is God's doing. So that he would get glory. And then what does Jesus do? He walks over and heals them. And God is glorified through that. Like we, we've got to know the heart and nature and character of God. This is not God's judgment. God's judgment on the world is in Jesus for those of us who are found in him. Thank God for that, right? Like, so if you're a believer this morning, you're not going to stand before him and, and have to receive the judgment of, of your sin and your rebellion. No, no. That's been had on Jesus. That's who we claim. That's what we cling to as a father. So I'm not perfect. I'm nowhere near perfect. I'm not even close to being perfect. But I am holy and righteous and in good standing with God because of what Jesus has done. 
And that day when I stand before God and he says, why you, Scott? I'm going to say, because I'm as holy and righteous as Jesus. And that's a bold statement, but it's a statement we can make because the scriptures have showed us and taught to us that, that we've been adopted in. That, that we get his righteousness and holiness before God. That the payment has been paid. And we can't cash that check, but only Jesus can. So the judgment thing that happens to Jesus and those who are not born again, they're going to be judged. And that judgment is not now. That judgment will be that day before God. They'll have to give an answer. They'll have to give a response. They'll be required to make a payment for their sin and their shortcoming, which they will not be able to do, which then they'll spend eternity separated from God. Eternity separated from God. So, so the reason things like this happen is because we live in a broken and fallen world, Genesis teaches us. Because we live in a broken and fallen world. Church, we have perspective and understanding on why bad things happen. Like, that's always one of those big arguments. Well, if God was so loving and God was so good, then why would he allow? Because we've messed it up. Because we allowed sin to enter into the world. And yes, he could have stopped it. But he gave them there in the garden choice. And they chose to rebel against God. And so as a result of that, God brings death. God, God allows sin as a result the consequences too, to be horrific, and they are horrific. And so that's what we see happening here. That's what we see happening here. We live in a fallen, broken world, and this is consequences of sin entering that world. And so where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Let, let, me, let me try to make a point here. So, see, where there is hopelessness, there's a perfect opportunity for a move of God. Where there is confusion and chaos and calamity and craziness, it's a perfect environment for a miracle of God. A perfect environment for God to step in and to set some things right and to do a work where only he gets credit and he gets glory. Uh, look as we continue in verse 7. So, uh, so she's barren, verse 7, and both were advanced in years. So she's barren, not able to have kids, and they're both old is what it says. They're both old. So that's a perfect storm for what? Only God moment, Right? She's barren and broken and can't, and they're both old. And so it's a perfect, perfect environment for a God moment, for God to step in and do something amazing. And so what we know from the story, 8 through 12, is, is Zechariah, he is carrying out his priestly duties before God. And so the lot falls on him for his turn to go in and, uh, and burn uh, incense there in the temple for the Lord. And the people, they're all gathered there. They're outside. They're praying uh, they're pleading on behalf of him, and as he does that, he's in there burning the incense. And then what happens? An angel shows up. An angel shows up uh, there to Zechariah uh, from God, and, and, and Zechariah's response is what? That of fear. I mean, Zechariah's scared to death. I mean, he is fearful of what happens. And then look at 113 with me. Look at 113. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name. John. She's barren. They're old, but they're praying. Barren, old, praying for something that makes absolutely no sense. Like, I, like I'm 38. I don't know if I could do another. I mean, I feel ran ragged right now, you know? And we're finally at the place, I mean, he's two and he's sleeping. And really, like, the two-year-old's the easy one. Ten and six is just like sweet mercy. Now I know why I wasn't in children's ministry. 
But, but I'm, I'm like, and, 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 and they're, they're, I mean, like, they're, they're up there, if I'm thinking right, story, maybe pushing 90s. And, and I'm like, like, 90s, if I can still walk and swing a club, that's what I want to be doing. I'm praying that God doesn't leave me here till 90. I just look at that as, as, as judgment on me. I was like, dang it, I should have followed you closer. I know it. You're leaving me here. That's it. That's what this is about. I'm, oh, God, please. But, so, so they're, they're there. They're praying for a miracle, for God to do something that absolutely makes no sense. But you know what the story tells us here? God hears their cries. God hears their crazy, outlandish, out-of-this-world type cries. Because look, church, what we're praying for, is it outlandish, something, something that would be viewed as crazy in the ear of God? Because that's what they're doing, and I believe that's what we need to be doing. I mean, I mean what, what, what are we praying for that makes absolutely no sense to the world? What are we asking God to do, a mighty move, not for our glory, not for our benefit, but for his, uh, that, that would show the world how great he is? Uh, that would show the world how, how phenomenal, how awesome, how big, how, how mighty he is. We've got to pray for what be, be appeared to be outlandish and crazy. Man, man, if, if somebody told you, like if you told somebody what you were praying for, well, they'd be like, man, this guy is off of his rocker. Like, like this guy, he, he's just absolutely, like I'm borderline like thinking about calling like downtown and saying, hey, man, you might need to come pick this dude up. Like, like that's, that's, are you praying those type of prayers? See, I believe that we as the people of God, we've played, we've, we've played it safe for too long. I believe that we as the people of God play it safe for far too long, for, play it safe far too much. And I think our reasoning is this, like, well, I don't want, I don't want God to look like, like if he don't, I'm praying about it, but what if God can? God can. There, this is horrible English. There ain't nothing God can't do. Nothing. Nothing. You don't have to worry about us making God look bad. We ain't that good. I'm just saying. I, I don't know how powerful and how strong you think you are. I don't know how powerful and how strong I think I am, but I'm not that powerful and I'm not that strong. Now, I might be able to, to stunt some things or I may be able to kind of uh, uh, mess some things up, but, but God's loving and gracious enough to either, uh, either discipline me or take me out. Because I don't have to worry about messing it up for him because, because I'm not that good. And, and so maybe, maybe that's, that's some of the thought process, but I think really the, the deeper thought process is we're, we're probably a little bit more worried about looking like something like crazy folk. Because what if God don't? Well, then it just tells you that, it, that that's not his will. And that's quite all right. The thing that I love is that we've entered the game and we begin to play and we begin to plea and we begin to petition and we begin to, uh, to take serious the call of, of being dependent upon God. And, and so if he chooses not to do the outlandish, crazy thing that I'm praying for, for his glory and for his honor, that's quite all right. That's not a knock on him. That's not a knock on me. The fact that I'm even willing to step up and to begin to pray and walk in and do. Man, we, we got to be people of faith. We got to be people who are in the ear of God. I mean, I mean, this is, is this faith or foolishness when you look at this story? I would say it's faith and it's crazy faith to approach God on that. To approach, I, I, it just makes me think of kind of where we're at as a church a little bit. It started, it started for me 15 years ago when I moved here. And I moved, and I, I'm on staff at a church as a student pastor, and, and this church has a, has a daycare after-school ministry. And it was a nightmare. 
And so God takes me away from that ministry, and I go to another church, and I'm student pastor there. And the guy that was pastor at that church came from a church that had a, a, a daycare and an after-school ministry. And his was a nightmare. And I'm like, oh, dear, like, this is awful. He's like, we will never start one here. I'm like, okay. I'm not asking. You're just telling me. I'm like, and so in that, I believe God started to kind of use that in my life to be like, why, why would we not want to? As crazy as it may be, as difficult as it may be, as frustrating as it may be, as the, uh, the struggles and all those things. And, and so God, way back then, started to do something. And before I even came here, that, that prayer was kind of on my heart. God, God do you want to? Uh, God, God how, how can I be a catalyst for you in that? And so we, I get here, and, I, and still that, that never left my heart. That had been on my heart, had been on my heart. I've been praying about it, I've been thinking about it. And it comes to the point of where, like, I call the leadership of the church and say, hey, I, this is crazy. I know it's crazy, but I just need to tell you something. I feel like God's maybe calling us to start something. And so we did our due diligence. We asked questions. We, 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 we talked with people. We began to pray. And, and, it, and it came to a day when we brought it before the church and said, hey, we need to take this and pray about this for, for a couple of weeks. And let's get back together. And we just, we just want to make sure this is God leading us in this direction. And we just, we just want to vote of confidence because we don't want to be split we don't want to start this, this, this big undertaking of a ministry and, and not have the support of a church because it's, it's going to be in our church. So, and so we begin to pray. And we come back and we're like, yeah, we believe God's leading us in this. Oh, the part I forgot to tell you. We, we decided to do that in the middle of a pandemic. Upon which I'm, anybody lived through a pandemic? Well, we have now. But, but anybody any, know how to navigate through that? Know how to... Yeah, me either. Me either. And, and so we're going to start this ministry in the midst of that to see if we can reach our community that's in need. That's been ravished by what's going on in our world. And then from that, you know what happens? We get a check for $100,000 as a donation that says, here, th this could help. And, and, and so we get that. And, and today we sit with three buses, three of those buses that we get to go pick up kids week in, week out. Uh, we're starting into our second year right now. Like we've, we, we've had, we have a whole year under our belt, starting into our second year. So about uh, pushing a year and a half into this, uh, into this ministry. I mean, we've had kids saved. We've had, uh, we've had parents of kids saved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, family is completely altered by this ministry that said we're going to just step out we're going to try something crazy uh, uh we've had we, we've had nine kids over that that year and a half fully scholarshiped nine kids of, of families in need where we've had people step up and say hey i'll take care of that bill uh, but you don't know them it doesn't matter god's pressed on my heart to take care of the least of these and this is one of those ways i can i mean if you were a mama sitting at home trying to figure out how in the world you're going to make ends meet and somebody comes to you and says hey you don't have to worry about child care i got it what does that do and as a result of that we got a family here that's been saved because of it i mean it's, it's amazing it's amazing the things god has done and by the way we've got 42 kids this year that we pick up from schools and bring back here that get to hear the gospel uh, y'all let me let me t oh man, this may go three hours we may need to push back the barbecue to about three I promise I won't do that to you unless God says. So you need to talk to him right now. You better get serious. Um, like those of you who know me, that's possible. We got visitors. I'll be on my best behavior. Um, what was I say? Oh, yeah. So, so we, we've got, we've got, a, we've got a, a lady here in a class of, of young kids. And, um, man, man the, the, the people that work for the after school and uh, it's just it's God send. And, 
And, and so uh, we, we, I heard a story this week of, of the lady that um, was doing devotion. They get devotion every day. Every day, they get the gospel in them every day. And so, so she's doing the devotion with her little class, um, her, her little elementary school kids, and she's got this whiteboard sitting there. And she's got the whiteboard, and, and she's, she's like talking to them, and she pulls out the marker, and she begins to write on it. And the kids are like, no, don't do it. And she's like, because she continues, like, what are you talking about? Why not? It was a permanent marker. It was a black, and they're like, the kids are like freaking out, like, no, Miss Cindy, don't do it. Ah. And she's like, oh, no. She's like, like what our sin is it messes up it stains it ruins it taints it does all this stuff and she just continued to write i'm thinking well why don't you stop your sinning i'm hearing the story you've been made aware of it get your dang heart right but um it's her story not mine so the story the story's going and i'm happy, i'm just happy my kids didn't do that because they got a little bit of that in them so so that's happening and that was that was the plan and then she's like hold on, let me see if I can figure out something. And she pulls out her pocket, a red marker, dry erase that is. And she begins to write and color and Jesus and things like that. And, and then you know what she does? She takes the eraser and it just wipes clean. You see where she's headed with that? Something those kids will never forget of what the gospel looks like and what Jesus' blood does for them. And she tied it together. And that's what we've got going on. That's what we have happening people like that poor, in the middle of a pandemic in the middle of a pandemic it, it'll never go it'll never work it probably will fizzle out there, there's no way and look at what God has done look at what God has done so it goes on in verse 14 it says this it says and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth the angels telling Zechariah this it says he, he will be great before the Lord I mean, imagine that setup. They didn't just get a kid. Like, we, just, we, just want, we just want a kid. I, don't, I mean, probably at that point, they didn't care how good he was. They didn't, I, mean, he, I mean, he could have two left feet for all they could care. We, we just want a kid. Give us, and, and look at what the angel tells Look at what God tells them. You're going to get one from the Lord. I mean, God's going to bless them with one that will be great before the Lord. That's what I'm praying for my boys. Man, man, that they would be ferocious, men of God. That's what we pray for your kids, that they would be ferocious uh, little people before God. They grow up into be big people that are just desiring Jesus. And God showed out in a way that would glorify him and bless Zechariah and Elizabeth like they never even dreamed and imagined. Never. And it was so funny because if you read the story, it continues on like, like, like Zechariah's kind of like, hey, okay, God, sure. And what does God do? God makes, makes him where he can't speak. I found this on Oh, the they did. But God makes it to where he, see, she's confirming it. Makes it to where he can't even speak until the baby's born. Which brings us to the second part, the, the answer to the prayer. JTB, as I call him, John the Baptist. John the Baptist, this, this, this is the answer to the prayers. John 1, 6, this is what God's word says. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I mean, look at that prayer answered. This wasn't an accident. This wasn't an oops. This wasn't just like a hold on a little bit. I mean, this was, this was ordained by God, sent from God. The prayer answered. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they pray, and what happens? God responds with an angel to let them know, hey, hang, hang tight, I've got you, I hear you, I'm aware, I, I know what's hurting you, I, I, know, I know what's going on, and, and now look at what we have here. We're, we're introduced to that answer. We're, we're introduced to God moving and hearing on their behalf. Flip, flip, flip a little bit over to John 1.19. John 1.19 says this, and this is the testimony of John. 
When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but he confessed, I am not the Christ. I'm not the Christ. I've I've just always found that interesting. You, You know what I'm saying? Hey, dude, who are you? Logan, ah, oh, good response. That makes absolute perfect sense. Cool, dude. I'm Scott. Nice to meet you. I mean, but, but here in this moment, these religious leaders, they show up and they say, hey, who are you? And do you see his response here? Do you notice how he didn't respond with, well, I'm not Jesus. Never. Do you, that would be weird. I would think you're weird. I'm sorry. You're not weird. But I would, you know, that, that's weird to me. Why would, why would anybody in their right mind do that? I believe it's because John wanted to make sure real, real quick that they knew that he was not the Christ. See, Christ means this. It comes from the Greek word Christos, meaning anointed one or chosen one. Christ is his title, signifying that Jesus was from God to be the king and deliverer. And I believe what's happening here in this scripture is that he wanted to be very, very, very clear and not steal the glory that is due Jesus. John wanted to make sure that they understood that this was not for him, but it was, it was for, for Christ. Don't make much of me. Don't say much about me. My name's really not important. Who I am is really not important. Let me tell you about the one that is important. I'm not the Christ. Introduce yourself that way this week and see what happens. You're probably going to lose some people. You're going to be dubbed as that guy or that girl around the workplace, which I don't think is a bad thing. I mean, it just opens up the door because we're, we're a little peculiar as it is, aren't we? Or we should be. We better be as believers, as followers of Christ. And so John wanted to make sure that they understood that he's going to make much of Jesus and not of himself. He says it later in John 3. You don't have to turn there. 3.30, it says this. He must increase, but I must decrease. I think it's a lesson that we need to learn, church. And it's a lesson I need to learn. A lesson that we need to get our heart around. See, I believe that the church and and believers today want the credit, they want the pat on the back, the recognition about something, uh, and something said about them. They want the glory. They want people to know real, real quick of, of who I am and what I've accomplished and what I've done. And I'll tell God on like, oh, but God used me. But let me tell you about me that he used. And we would jump on that bandwagon really, really, really quick. And we need to understand something. Believer, when we serve, act, react, care for, or give to, it's for the one and the only one. Nothing attached to it. Nothing, nothing is owed any of us for our service to the Lord, for our heart to the Lord. We, we better not be doing it for recognition or a pat on the back, though we want to do that. We, we want to appreciate. We want to say thank you. We, we, we want to do that. We want to let you know how much we, we are grateful for that because you stepping up and serving and, and, and being selfless in, in an area allows people to be able to do, do other things that they're called to. And the church needs that. But it's not for recognition. We do it for God to help his people out while for the furtherance of the gospel, which brings me to a moment that I need to make us aware of. And that moment is those folk that took my chair out on the 
awning, probably on Friday. Where's, um, I just want to make sure that, how you doing? Um, which is quite fine and okay. They'll get their heart right. That was, I'm, I need to apologize publicly to the looks. You touched my chair again? I'm just joking. But, but I want to brag on the, 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 the folks that have stepped up and said, hey, we, we want to serve. And Scott, this is the way that we want to serve. We, we, we want to serve and be a part of a team that they'll get no recognition and does all the dirty work around here. A team that, that steps up and cleans this place. I, I can get a fact check real quick. Don, you're back there. Dave, I know you're here. you've been here. Uh, Kyle, I don't think we've ever paid for, for cleaning service. This is yes, this is no. We'll go like this right now. I don't think we've ever done that. And, and so the one that was cleaning and taking care of stepped away this year. Stepped back from it. And what happens, God presses on somebody's heart and says, hey, I'll, I'll lead that up. I'll get, I'll get us a crew. We'll do this thing. We'll make this happen. And so I just, I just need you to know real fast what, what you're doing. I mean, we're celebrating 16 years and we've never had a cleaning crew come in. 16 years? By doing that, you're saving this church over $15,000 a year. F- feel the weight of that for a moment. Over $15,000 this year open. Why? That we, that we can put toward ministry. That, that, that we can take care of our, our neighbors. That we can make the gospel known. That we, can, that we can put to missions, caring for the people in this community. Because of your selflessness to come up and vacuum, to scrub commodes, to pick up trash. Because of that, that's why we're at where we're at. I mean, that's the heart we need. That's what, that's what John's trying to say. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the one. It's not me. I'm the one that, that, that this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm scrubbing and I'm cleaning and I'm doing. Why? So that the gospel can go forward. So that you can know about the one. That's what that heart does. That's what that heart shows. I mean, that, that needs to be a heart of this place. Every one of us sitting in here to pitch in and do whatever we got to do to make, to make things happen around here. We need, to, we need to treat this place like home and help the cleaning crew out. Why? So to make it easier on them. To make it easier on them. To let them know we appreciate them and we're thankful for their selfless act of service. And so they ask him that question of, of who you are. And in verse 21, he says this. Um, they, they say, what then? Are, are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? I'm not. I just, again, this, this inner exchange here is just weird to me. Hell, I'm doing. No, I'm not about to. It's not about me. It's about him. So, so like they're guessing. They're, they're, like that, that, that game, is it, is it like the one you got all those, those characters there? Do you have a beard? Do you have a, like it's, like they're, they're going, and forth and he's asking all these questions are you a prophet no nope, not that they said to him well then who are you we've got to give an answer to the one who sent us what do you say about yourself and in this story where he never responds he never tells them who he really is he only tells them about the one they really need to know driving home the point i believe it's not about him it's not about him it's not about him it's about the glory and honor of the one that deserves it which brings us to the third point in the chair john's purpose john 1 7 turn back to 1 7 the purpose of John, John 1, 7, says this. It says, he came as a witness. What is a witness? A witness is to tell what they know to be true. To tell what they know to be true. I, I came to tell of what I know to be true. To bear to tell the truth about what? About the light. He's going to tell the truth about the light. Who is the light? This scripture reveals to us that the light is Jesus. 
That's John's whole purpose. That's John's whole heart. That's John's whole desire is to, to testify, to be a witness about the, about the light. What does light do? It reveals, it exposes, it drives out. And in doing that, those that are in darkness will come to the light and be saved. John is, John is going to tell people the truth about the light. And in that, God's going to rescue and redeem. Listen to the last part of seven here. I mean, what a promise. He came, to, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. What that tells us is this, is that God's going to save. God's going to save. Are we going to be players in the game? Are, are we going to be serious about being players in the game and stepping in and, and being perceived however we need to be perceived for the point and the focus of being able to, to, to walk relationally with people to tell them about Jesus? to witness and let them know of what's to be true. Man, what a privilege and honor that the fact that God uses us and invites us in to do that. That, that, that we get to be John the Baptist in this world. That, that, we get to be, that we get to play second chair. That it's not about us. It's not about our glory. It's not about uh, our desires, but it's about his being made known. Verse 8 says this. It says that he was not the light. There it goes again. It's that weird like little inner exchange. I'm not this, but, but this. But he says, I am not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. See, John's done everything in his power to do what? To point people to the one that has power, the one that can do. He, he wanted to make sure that he was not in the spotlight. It's not on him to project it where it needed to be, the coming one, Jesus. See, John is very focused on why this witness is necessary. He's, he's very, very focused here on, on why it's necessary. Because believing in the light happens through a witness of the light. Believing in like believing in Jesus happens. Why? Because we get a witness. Because God uses us to tell. That's the way it happens. We share. The Holy Spirit convicts and draws the lost to Jesus, and Jesus saves them. I, I'm telling you, there's nothing like introducing someone to Jesus. There's nothing like letting someone know about Jesus. So, so that's the purpose of a believer, right? That's our purpose. You, you sit in this place bearing the name of Jesus. Something you don't have to pray about, try to figure out, is for you to go be one proclaiming and witnessing about the light. I mean, you've been invited in to tell about Jesus Christ. That's our purpose. You don't have to be ordained. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't even have to really be good at it. You don't have to be great at it. You just, you just, just tell them about what he's done in your life. Just tell them about, about what he's done and how he's saved and how he's This is what you've got to do. Witness of what you know to be true about Jesus. Tell them who he is, your testimony, your story of when light shined on you and exposed your darkness. And what happened? He drew you in to a relationship of faith with him. To do. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be an apologetist. You just have to tell them about Jesus. You have to tell them about Jesus. And so as we wind down, as the band comes back up, who have you told about Jesus this week? Who have you told about Jesus this month? This year, who are you having gospel conversations with? Because I would argue that you are, whether you realize it or you don't realize it. And by not saying something, you're saying something pretty out. You're exclaiming something pretty big by not saying something. And we're called to tell. So, 16 years. We're here 16 years because of God's faithfulness and our willingness to follow after and our willingness to follow after has always got to be this. A chair plus John the Baptist equals a purpose. Equals our purpose. And so, so the, the chair is, is pretty important, I believe. Because what the chair says is there's room. 
what the chair exclaims is, I want you here. What the chair says is, I want you to be a part. What the chair offers is a witness and telling of the truth about who Jesus Christ is. To tell the world, not me, but let me tell you about the one. If we're going to live out the vision and mission that God has for us, we have to start here. The chair. Look around for a second. There's a row here, there. There's some openings here. You got some chairs over in there. Kind of as we go back, there's some over there. A whole row here. What is it with the front row, y'all? Dang, like, God bless you. You're flirting with some danger. I'm just letting you know. But God bless you. You know, and there's some openings here. There's some over in there. Kind of, I'm going to set up this podium right there next Sunday. You watch. Everybody will be up front. I'm joking. I'm not going to do that. But, but look to your left and right, man. There, there's seats open, right? There's seats open. And we've got the privilege and honor of telling people about Jesus. We want to fill those seats. We, we, we want to fill those seats so that we can fill them again. Because our heart and our desire here is to, is to empty them. Like, 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 you just need to prepare your heart because there's coming a day where we're going to ask you to leave <laughs> in a good right way. We're going to ask you to pray about, man, would God use me to be a part of a church plant there? That's our desire and heart. We don't want to build a mega thing here. We, we want to disperse all over. Oh, quit. I'm talking to them, not you yet. And, and you want to you you get real crazy for a minute? And, and this is what I'm praying for now because I know if I don't start now, we'll never get to that point. But my prayer, my heart is now is, is, that, is that one day we send some of you out to another country to plant a church and be a part of a church plant there. And that sounds ludicrous, ludicrous and crazy. I know it does, but I'm telling you, God's working, God's working and stirring right now. You don't know it, but he's going to do some things in your heart and in your life. It might be me. I don't know. I'm not opposed to it. Well, because I belong to Jesus, and whatever he wants to do with me, he's going to do with me. And I've learned that it's easier to submit and obey and follow now. Because when you start to wrestle and fight with God, he always wins. And he doesn't care to drag you around a little bit. Because he loves you. That's what I'm praying, and that's what I'm asking God to do. That's what I'm asking God to do. So, so over the last year, and we've grown in some mighty, mighty ways, and I believe it's just God pointing to and God showing how good and how faithful he is. Man, man, man we, we, we have a good number of people involved in ministry and serving, which I believe that just shows maturity because maturity says it's not about me, it's about someone else. And so how can I give my life away? That, that's a great thing. But hear me, we, we still have room, and we still want you to be a part of. We have grown coming out of the pandemic we're pushing around 200, 215 right now. We have eight life groups, and we're needing to launch a few more because some of those life groups are starting to get full. And we need, we need to launch a few more. So, so one of the prayers that I have right now is that God would raise up some faithful people to, lead, to be group leaders. And if you're interested, Jimmy sits right there. He's the, the crazy guy on the stage that says, hey, welcome. If anybody's invited you, I'm invited you. Hey, whatever he does. He's the one to see. If God's stirring in your heart, maybe an opportunity to lead there. There you go. 
I, I just, I just want to throw this challenge out right now. I'm just going to, men, we, we got to step up, yo. Uh, we've got two women's groups. You know how many men's groups we have? Uh, it's a new year. New move of God. Two, two women's groups that meet, no men's group. And we have a men's ministry that, that meets once a month. But I'm, I mean, I'm talking about getting there, iron, sharpening iron, and let's, let's go to work on some stuff. And we've got a children's ministry that's growing and growing. We've got an after-school ministry that has 42 in it right now. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and hang with me. I'm praying for another bus. That's just me. I'm praying for more there that God would work and do, and we need workers. We need, we, there's a gamut of things, but that God will continue to bless and use there. Our, our, our youth group, I mean, th- I think this summer they had about six projects they were a part of with JP out in the community. Uh, he's got some amazing things planned this coming year. I mean, Wednesday night is their gathering. I mean, they, they had a ton of kids this past Wednesday night. Um, uh, small groups, those, I mean, they're walking out life on life. Our college and careers got some solid leaders pouring into uh, and getting that, that ministry and going at a higher level. Uh, missions, I mean, we, church, like, we, we'll be close, and Don's by there, close to probably about $20,000 given away this year to missions when, when, it all, when it's all said and done, I think. And, and I'm pressing our leadership to look to put the pedal down even more this coming year. I mean, I mean we, we had a group of three, three men who give up 10 days of their of their summer to go out to Montana and surf. And, and there's more of that coming down the pike this year. We're, we're praying about and looking at possibly a family mission trip. I mean, God, God's put something monumental in my heart for us to live out as this church. And we're just waiting to get a confirmation from God before we bring it to you. But we're going to start walking in that direction to see what he does. And my prayer, my hope is that one day I'm standing on this stage saying, hey, hey, listen up. This is what God's doing. And if not, that's okay. There'll be something else. But, but we're believing and we're walking in that. And so the chair is a reminder there's room. We've got a ton going on, but we, we have a ton more that we need to do. We, we can't get satisfied. We can't be content. We've we got to keep pressing in, walking after, telling that we're not the one. But we know the one. And we want to tell you about the one that we're not, but we know him. And church, hear me, every one of you is vital. Every, every single one of you is vital, and we need you to be a part. We want you to be a part of what God has for us. We've got to be about sharing Jesus and inviting. So, so my prayer right now is that God blows our minds this year and that we pray for some God-sized stuff that only God can explain and do. I'm praying for more people than ever. I'm praying for more ministry inside and outside of this church than ever before. I'm praying for God to do some crazy things that only he can get the glory for. And it only happens if you join me. It'll only take place is if we get serious. And we say, yes, God, I'll tell him. I'll tell him about the one that I'm not. I'll tell him about the one that you are. So I don't know what God stirred in your heart this morning. I don't know what he's pressed upon you, man, but we are celebrating 16 years of his faithfulness and goodness. And what I know is this, is if you say, no, I don't think so, you can say, that's fine. He's going to do it anyways, right? Because it's his church, it's his bride, and he cares about the world. And as we saw in that scripture, he, he wants to save. He wants to redeem, and he wants to do, and he's going to. He's going to. I just want to be a part of what God's doing. He's done it for 16 years here. Let's continue to go. Let's continue to see what he has for us and what he'll do. I don't know what he's pressed upon your heart, but man, the altar's open. If you want to come pray, if you need to pray, you need somebody to encourage you, whatever, whatever we can do, you'll be obedient. If you don't know who Jesus is, man, I would love to tell you about the one that I'm not.
this morning. If you have questions about, we'll be here. Jimmy's here. We'd love to talk more. Father, we love you. We need you. We thank you so much for your faithfulness and goodness. God, move and speak in a mighty, mighty way. I pray, I plead. God, help me get out of the way of your leading. God, help me get out of the way of your direction. Help me be obedient. Father, change and shape and mold me. Father, I pray that for the men and women in this room, you'll do the same. All about you. All about you. All about you. Shall we pray? Amen.